1: Hello everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this Wednesday. We are doing just fine and uh, once again um, are are pleased that everything is working, at least as far as we know, everything working well. Yesterday mid-show, we got the phones back. That's great. And we'll we'll tell you how you can get in touch with us. Quite a few things to talk about. We will be uh, hitting the Kia of Auburn Hotline here early on, though. Uh, yeah, and uh, we, we're going to uh, be joined by Jason Caldwell of AUtigers.com. Can we Skype him? Do, have we Skyped him before? Uh, or I tell you what you could do check with check with Jason. My mic wasn't on during, during when I was. No. I would
2: have answered the question. Okay, academy. I was gonna, I was gonna
1: l- let Drew Drew can check with Jason and see if he can Skype us. Yeah, see what happens. And because because that would sound a little better. It would also free up a phone
2: line. I want to say we've called uh, Caldwell on the on the skype machine before maybe not if, if oh, you have okay. him in there then well, you know, yeah maybe. let's just check and see if we can do that because that he's that, expecting a call from us so he is if you called him on the skype line maybe he'd, I, I suspect he'd answer let's do this okay it's like an old-timey radio prank call it is yeah we,
1: we're, we're letting everybody know exactly what we're going to be doing as we're doing it because it's just coming up right now but the old,
2: the old simpsons bit
1: yeah <laughs> the prank call to Moe's. Uh, let's, let's go. We'll go ahead and take care of some business here and uh, let you know that our number one of the drive is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They are also the sponsor of our hotline. Now, yeah, we haven't been saying that as much at the start of each hour, uh, because It was down for a little while, but we're pleased that it's back, and you can join us on that Kia of Auburn hotline by calling 334-321-1390.
2: You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available. However, you listen to podcasts. Uh, Programming note, we are going to talk with Auburn baseball outfielder uh, Justin Kirby. In hour number two, that's going to be part of Tiger Takes, brought to you by our friends at the Brook Law Group. We usually do that on Mondays, but with the phone lines not working, we uh, got Justin to agree to a Wednesday appearance as Auburn gets ready to take on the Florida Gators this weekend. And uh, we're looking forward to around 5.30, talking with Justin Kirby today. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, Bill. All
1: right. (coughs) Just as I started to speak. Something got uh, uh, stuck in the throat. So, yeah, looking forward to talking to Justin. After Auburn's 14-1 to run rule victory last night, wasn't exactly as we had thought, and we'll talk to Jason about this as well, as Drew Nelson goes the distance for the Tigers last night. Auburn's first pitcher to make it through six innings. He goes seven, and Auburn with the run rule win over North Alabama, 14-1. to And uh, uh, Drew... Drew going going the distance, striking out seven, pitching a complete game three hitter, and walking one. So, so we decided we're going to use the phone. Yeah,
3: he's, that's what he said.
1: I okay, that that's fine. Uh, we can we can do that. Uh, we can yeah we can still we can still take calls and sort of relay them. We can. Uh, well, we've
2: got a lot to talk to Jason about
1: too. I know I mean, between football, I know, but baseball, if some
2: football, baseball, if, and basketball.
1: But if we're, we're somebody had a again. question for Jason, I want them to be sure. able to at least. Uh, get it in. So, so let's welcome in on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com. JC, how you doing today?
3: I'm good, guys. How about y'all?
1: Doing well. Um, uh, I, I was just mentioning uh, baseball last night. I I'd sort of thought, well, Drew Nelson might go out and and throw, you know, 30 pitches or something, and and see see if they could save him for the weekend. But he was just he was throwing so well. That he stayed in and, and he ends up going the distance. Auburn's longest outing of the year.
3: Yeah, uh, I agree. I thought earlier in the week, um, you know, the plan was going to be, hey, let's let's go maybe a couple innings with him and a couple innings with Dylan Murphy, uh, try to piece everything together and save those guys. And then I think as the week went on, they decided let's let's see how it goes. Um, and then once the game started going, I think they they realized you know what we can keep everybody in in the entire, you know, pitching staff and and ready to go if he can ride it out, and he did. And so he threw less than 100 pitches, but I I would still say that he's probably a guy that would now be unavailable for the weekend, having thrown that many on a Tuesday night. But I do think that we're getting closer to him being a guy that that next Tuesday night either maybe a couple innings Mm -hmm. and if you transition towards a weekend because he's, he's looking like the guy that was a weekend starter for them coming out of the gate. They thought it was going to be that guy. He's kind of recaptured that some and, um, fastball and change up especially was really good. Um, and I think he's a guy right now that kind of, re, kind of reminds me a little bit of grant date when grant down that 2010 team where, you know, fastball, even though it's 89, 90 looks like it's a lot harder because of the change and, and, and that's how he lives. So, um, yeah, they're definitely a great outing for him, and much needed for this team heading to Florida.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I know that's something that, that Butch has wanted is get the confidence back in him, and he's pitched much better um, recently, and especially last night. and And Auburn, let, let's face it; I mean, they're looking for as many arms as they can as they can have ready for the weekend. I mean, you saw it this past this past weekend in the series against Georgia; they just ran out. They just didn't didn't uh, didn't have anybody left to go to, and it uh, ended up in that sixteen that that sixteen run eighth that uh, the Georgia had as Auburn took two out of three.
3: Yeah, and and you know the key is going to be now can can you get can you get off to a good enough start? To, I mean the you know it's crazy, but if you got fifteen innings out of your starters right now, it would it would be a huge oh on the weekend yes absolutely yeah. I mean, you know, and 15 innings should almost be what you think would be a minimum. You go, hey, but, you know, everything's changed so dramatically. And, you know, even in college baseball, but professional baseball is almost about that way now. You think about getting five, six innings out of a starter, that seems like a long start nowadays. And so, um but that's where they are, and you're right. And, and you know, Tommy vale has been pretty consistent, especially, I mean, he's been great through the first three innings. Can they figure out a way to get him through four or five? Um you know, without giving up runs. That's been the issue for him, at, at, you know, against Arkansas and Georgia. But, you know, it would be interesting to see what it's going to look like. I do think we're going to see some changes in the rotation. Um, will we see, you know, the move that Ole Miss made last year? They, You know, about week three or four, they moved their closer, mm-hmm. Dylan Delusha, to starting role. We've seen Will Cannon stretched out a little bit. Um, will we see something like that move? And so I, I think there's some possibilities there. You know, for this team – To get where they want to be without Joseph Gonzalez, Chase Isbell, uh, Chase Alsop, um, those kind of guys are going to have to be really good and they're going to have to give them, you know, that two or three inning, you know, outing there in, in the middle somewhere. And, and so those are guys I think they're going to have to count on more heavily towards the back end than Tanner Bauman. So, uh, you look at those guys, obviously John Armstrong is one there. Um, and then Zach Crotchfelt. Kind of what role does he does he look at? He, mm-hmm. he hasn't, you know, hadn't looked as comfortable in, in the starting roles on an SEC weekend. So I think there's some there's some numbers there. But you're right. Can you get enough innings to piece it together um, and and try to give yourself a chance? Um, that's kind of the goal for them. The good news is is that from an offensive standpoint a position player standpoint, this team's as healthy as they've been really since opening day. And, and that's uh that's a big positive you know getting Bobby Pierce back in the outfield getting Cooper McMurray back at first base um they got to feel like from a confidence standpoint that this is the the team they thought they were going to have
1: yeah, it gives them a chance to um to to, to have a more more balanced lineup and uh, make it tougher for teams to sort of pitch around the most dangerous hitters
3: yeah, no you're right when you you know there for a while especially when you were without Cole Foster for a little bit of time. And then even coming back for him, he wasn't full speed going to Arkansas. And so you, you think thinking about, you know, it, you know, at Arkansas two weeks ago, you got uh, a less than 100% Cole Foster without Bobby Pierce um, and without Cooper McMurray. So you're looking at a lineup. You're going, okay, as long as Bryson Ware and Justin Kirby, don't hurt me. feel like I'll take my chances with everybody else. And that's what they were able to do. And now you add those guys back in and you, you know, last night we saw Cole Foster in the leadoff spot for the first time this season. He homered, mm-hmm. you know, out of the gate. But but Pearson at three, and Bryson Ware, um, Ike Irish. Um, then you start talking about Justin Kirby, Cooper McMurray, Caden Howell at the in, in the seventh spot. That's oh, that- that's a strong that's a strong group there. Caden Green's played well, um, swung about pretty well at second base, and then you know, Carter Wright mixed in at the catcher position there with Nate Larue. So. Um, yeah, they, I think you're right. The balance is, is is much deeper than they've had, probably especially maybe in the last month or so.
1: Jason Caldwell from uh, AUTigers.com here with us uh on the early portion of the Wednesday drive. We'll we'll get to break. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk. There's so much to talk about with the basketball news from yesterday. The transfer portal is uh is definitely uh, big big news and football as Auburn You know, starting to wind things down today, a physical day, as Auburn heads toward A-Day next Saturday. That and more. Uh, Stay tuned. We're right back here on the Wednesday Drive.
0: You're live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on
1: this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here in the studio, and we're joined on the Kia of Auburn hotline by our regular Wednesday first hour co-host, and that is Jason Caldwell from AUtigers.com. Jason, I mean, it is it is a busy time yesterday. Let's get to basketball because we have the final four about to come up, and the transfer portal is filling Quickly, a player or two has has made up their mind, but more and more players deciding to check and see what's available out there. And and Auburn with uh, two high profile freshmen uh, entering the portal yesterday, and Yoan Treo and Chance Westry.
3: Yeah, um, I know guys in the heat of the moment said the right thing, but I'm not I'm not really surprised. Um, it's just it's just hard to you know. Now to to take that pressure of thinking oh I can go somewhere else and and I, automatically I'm going to be the guy that that steps on the court and and averages twenty points and, and plays thirty minutes a game it's that's that's what you're told that that's what you're sold in recruiting um, by lots of people, by lots of people and when it doesn't happen right away this is this is what happens and so it's unfortunate I, I do thought I thought both those guys could be really good pieces for them moving forward um, but now if you're Auburn. You, now you got some more opportunity and more more maneuverability on the roster to to go out and get veteran help, and I, I think that's going to be the goal for, for Bruce Pearl and his staff is obviously looking for for help at the, that shooting guard position and and with size. And when you look at at kind of some of the targets for them and some of the things they've done, um, those two things are are you know what they're looking for. Um, to bring in
2: immediate hail. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Bruce Pearl or, or his coaching staff cast off either of those two guys uh, yesterday, but at the same time, uh, if you're Bruce Pearl and you're trying to stay in contention for a championship in this league and build a team that can go deep in the NCAA tournament, with all the options out there in the transfer portal, it's difficult to uh, rely or cast a lot of, uh, you know, put a lot of eggs in the basket of a. Uh, a freshman who didn't play much this this past season, you know, some someone who didn't uh, see the court very often or, or, or wasn't overly productive when they were on the court. And you know, the good news, bad news thing about this, Jason, is that you know maybe these two guys left because they don't like the direction of the program or they want more playing time somewhere else. Maybe these guys left because Bruce Pearl is looking for very talented players in the portal that would make it even tougher for th- th- those two players to get on the court next season, it sounds like Auburn is very active in the transfer portal
3: yeah, I mean I think that's that's the goal of a coach. You hear the coaches talk about it all the time. The goal of the coach is go every year i'm trying to get somebody to replace you because every year you're you're trying to get somebody that that is better that's the goal that's 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 recruiting um that's the way this thing works, and so well, you've got to be that way. You've got to be that way now
1: with players uh, that you know, if anybody who's not happy can leave, and the, and the roster changeover is, is going to be that volatile.
3: Yeah, that's it. You, you, that's and you have you have to tell guys that look, hey, I'm trying to recruit better than you, and you got to go out and compete, and and that's that's the name of the game. And it's 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 unfortunate that you that you don't. I don't know that we'll see it very much anymore. The days of of guys like Bryce Brown and Jared Harper. Um, you know, Jalen Williams is one of those guys. Chris Moore, these guys, but the days of a guy developing into that type of player mm-hmm. are few and far between. At at few at and far between,
2: or or it's going yeah, to need the be, same school, right? Well, well, even but even at a place like I mean, I, I think the point Jason's making is that. Back in in the day of when when Bryce and Jared were freshmen, they might not have stuck around at a program that wasn't winning if they'd had options after after their freshman year to go somewhere else, well, right? I mean, that's well, that's at least part of yeah, the, of how college basketball's changed is players like that, players it. like that leave now.
3: Yeah, part of it is that, they, but they they didn't get those. Well, Jared had the opportunities a freshman Bryce. Bryce didn't play much as a no, freshman, that's right. and it wasn't so successful. And those guys they're not going to stick around because they didn't get that opportunity. And that's the thing. You feel like, hey, man, I'm not going to have that opportunity. I didn't get it this year. I'm moving on. The other part of it is is that for, for schools like Auburn and others, signing a player like Bryce Brown now isn't going to happen. You're not going to sign a developmental player because you don't have the time to develop those guys because they're not going to stay. And he'd, so have to, now, he'd have
2: to prove himself at the mid-major level like so many players that, are doing that, before they get a crack at, at, the, at the major that's conference
3: That's exactly level. it. So it's changed the dynamics of everything. Those those kind of guys aren't going to have those opportunities that they had in the past, and it's unfortunate. Um, and so now that's what it is. Now you sign what you think is, is a no-doubter. And, and even then, you're going to miss on some of those guys. Right. Um, I mean, I think Chance Wester and Johan Traore are, are are going to be good players somewhere, but they weren't as freshmen. That's just the nature of the beast. That's that's going to happen sometimes. People are like, how do you miss? Well, NFL teams have about thirty guys, and they miss every year. It teams that draft quarterbacks look at four players, and they get it wrong. And so, you're, you're sometimes you just it doesn't work out the way it's supposed to. But um, uh, you know, I think you look at them now, and and obviously, um, big guards. Guys that can score from the wing, and I think as importantly, guys that can defend and, and defend the way they want to do, but, and not get back down and do some of those things. All those things are important. I think I think bigger body guards are going to be the biggest thing right now for this Auburn team.
1: Jason, what um, what do you think about the, the the buzz there is out there that uh, that Yohan and, and Chance might wind up together at another SEC school?
3: Yeah, yeah, I've heard some of those some of that talk, and and hey, nowadays. i I don't i don't think there's anything that you go no i don't believe that (laughs) right there's there's nothing you take with a grain of salt anymore and so i yeah i think that everything is is a possibility now because as we've seen transfer now is so much about connection and you go sometimes if you have a connection to somebody and they make a move that opens the Mm -hmm. door we saw it we saw it Heck, we see it right now you look at it it's at Auburn right now, Dylan Wade is, is, I think, in, in large part at Auburn because of, of Philip Montgomery and, and playing at Tolson. So, um, yeah, those are things that, that could come into play if there's other moves that are made.
1: And the thing to keep in mind, I, I, had a couple of people say, well, that can't happen because it's past February 1st. No, that's winter sports. That's not basketball.
3: Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a little different. So, um, yeah, because this is, this, this is the, the portal window for this, not football. Right. you know, this is the portal window for basketball. So, and, and what
2: what Bill means, what can't happen is players within the conference, the right? SEC. Yeah. yeah, the SEC Correct. has that
3: February first date, but
1: that's that's to prevent football players from going through spring practice at one school and then playing and, in the fall. Of and, another. and
2: in fact, Auburn has been Auburn has been rumored to be interested in Cairo Kendo from uh, the University of Georgia, right. a, a guard who who might. Be, be transferring within the league and staying eligible i believe severe wheeler could also transfer within the conference again and stay eligible again and, and it's been <laughs> talked about there and, and speaking of which our fantasy baseball draft was sunday jason so since then bill and i have been researching basketball players in the transfer portal as though they're draftable fantasy baseball prospects <laughs> i think we got, i think we both got a couple that we like here on our lists our respective it's number lists.
3: one Who's
2: no, number one no, no no of the players that auburn could conceivably Ooh. sign in the portal that's
3: uh, a, uh, here's the thing of the guys that that, that we've heard will we, contact with those guys who who would be number who, one on on i tell you a guy
2: a
1: guy who's who I, I didn't realize auburn might be in on that's uh stock moved up to guy Dan just mentioned to me either yesterday afternoon or this morning that's t j bomba um
2: they there 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 are a few guys they're, that are they're they're pretty two, interesting in they're, here. There are two intriguing Washington State guards in the portal. One of them used to One of to them, play them probably won't wind yeah. up here. One of them used yeah. to be at Auburn but had a great season this past year and the other one is TJ Bomba who who Auburn's been linked to. I like the Oregon center, Jason who who I I think is is a Yeah, I, don't I
4: don't like, Kale- I, like, I, like
2: uh, I like blue I like blue Kane. If if Auburn's in the mix for Blue Kane, who had a, just an incredible season and has, you know you know what intrigues me about Blue Kane is some of the other schools that want him. No, what intrigues you is his name. Oh, Blue, no, absolutely. Sure, the story. <laughs> well, no, the story, you know, a guy that was a Georgia Tech signee that asked out of his right. NLI after they fired the coach. But, I mean, when Arizona and Kansas... But he's won,
1: not a proven commodity he's,
2: he's not, at, he's, at the college level. He's not, but when Arizona and Kansas want a guard... It it piques my interest because they tend to do pretty well uh, with who they bring in uh, from uh, from high school, but no, there's, there's a couple. Jason, same question. Who's uh you know who, who's got your interest of the guys that are Denver in Jones, the portal that that Damian are that Dunn. are rumored? Because yeah. there's a long list of guys that Auburn has apparently you know showed some interest in.
3: Yeah, Denver Jones is a guy because of connection, um, a guy that you know has a state connection, bigger guard, mm-hmm. finisher. I, I kind of like him, and you can look at him and see. There's so much more left on his body physically that you think about the difference in being at Auburn and, and Florida International. And they go, man, that guy could could weigh 15 more pounds and be more explosive and more physical and do the things he's done. I like him. Um, Joe Gerard, Just you look at, at he's not the bigger guy, but a guy that can shoot the basketball. And you go, that you know that's the guy that, that you do. And then you know, the other Temple guys, guys like Damian Dunn. Uh, I think you know you look at, at some of those guys too. So I think. There, there's there's, a, there's a
2: guard from the there's a guard from the Ivy League that used to be a teammate of Wendell Green's that was mentioned as well. Is it Pat Paxson, something I believe is his name? I want to see yeah. played at play Brown. Um, yeah, that's, so they, also, they, that's also that's also the thing. You're right. There's so many options there are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, just stay tuned. There there you know, there will be more names you hear, and uh, there'll be most of them will visit first before uh, you know before they make a decision. But it, I got a feeling it won't be terribly long before we see. Some more movement. What, what, do you,
2: um, what do you think the priorities are for the coaching staff as far as what what they're looking for in the in the transfer portal? Big busy? guard yeah. and rebounder. I would think of that. Uh, yeah,
3: that that would be that would be one A and one B, if if on my list. And I, I think it has to be right there. I mean, you think about you know in Christian. Here's the thing: what we don't know. we don't know it, that is that's especially if it's as the roster as it stands today. Right, you look and you go uh, you. As it stands today, you've got a lot of guards coming back, and you've got some some bigger body guys coming back, but you don't have a tr- classic true rebounder. I'm talking about a, you know, and and there's not many of those guys out there because guys play basketball. It's, it's such a different world. But I'm talking about a a Charles Oakley kind of six eight guy that yeah, can score around a basket some, but a guy that that every rebound that comes off he wants it. It's his. That's the guy that I would be looking for. And there's not many of those guys out there. But then. I think you're looking at. We talked about a big guard. I, I think to me that's number one on the equation. Number one on the equation for me is a is a bigger guard on the wing and a guy that can knock down open shots. To me, that's the, that's the thing that has to be priority number one.
2: I, I was also I'm still traumatized by Caleb Love. I know I know the numbers. You know the the career numbers aren't right there. The North Carolina guard. Maybe it's just because of how he played against UCLA in the tournament last year, Jason. That's another guy I look at and he, I just Wow, some someone might get something. He's a lottery ticket, but if if he hit the jackpot, that might be something really special.
3: It is. It, that's a guy that either buries you or takes you to a Final Four. I don't know that there's anything in between because he's a he's a prolific shooter, that's not a prolific scorer, and those things can be hard to right. to back sometimes. I mean, the guy shot what is it, two hundred seventy something threes by himself this season and made less than thirty percent. Um, That's a hard sell when you're talking about, hey, we're bringing this guy in. He's going to make a bunch of your shots. He's not going to make many of them. Um, (laughs) but, but
2: if he does. How's your rebounding? How's your offensive rebounding?
3: But, but you're right, though. But he's also a guy that you could bring in somewhere and you look up and he averages 19 a game next year and, and, and puts a team on his shoulders. He does have that ability. So, um, is it worth, is it worth that, uh, roll of the dice? It, It may depend on what your roster looks like. If, if a two or three other guys here, in, in the next few days say hey I'm going elsewhere and, and you say look here's the minutes there they are then it then it becomes a, a much more realistic possibility for somebody like that in my opinion.
1: before we uh, wrap up with basketball got to get your thoughts on the final four it has been an unbelievable tournament just a crazy ride no one twos or three seeds in the final four for the uh, for the first time UConn, Looks to be the class of the field, and it. And most people are saying, "Well, the UConn Miami game is national championship." But hey, there's another game for that for the winner of that one.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's. I, I like the two matchups. I'm glad we get to see these these matchups because uh, if it was Miami and UConn, then I think people would think it was a foregone conclusion, and I don't I don't think it would be um, because uh, you know Florida you know Florida Atlantic has. A team that's won what 35 or 36 games. Yeah. You don't do that by accident. And so, um, they've been really good. They've been competitive and, um, you know, look at their guard play. It's been, it's been really good. And so I think you look at that San Diego state. It, it all depends on how the game's called. Um, that's it. They, they, they've been able to, to play games the way they want to play and the style of play they want to play. And it's worked out for them so far I, I, I would expect them to, to make it I think they'll win and, and get to the finals um, the other side I mean UConn is the team that you look at what they've done since they had that kind of that stretch in the middle of the year where they lost I think five out of six games since then, they've been really good and they've played the uh, look the Big East is really good they played the toughest schedule as anybody in the country when you when you look at, at what they've done this season um, but in Miami was the best team in the ACC and they're deep. I it's, I think it's really intriguing matchups. Um I would still lean toward UConn um because of of the big man, but we've seen it over the years. The the teams with the best guards win and I think Miami has the, has the best guards and you know, if if somebody said, "Hey, you still got to you got to pick it and and your know, house payments on the line, I'd probably go with Miami at this point."
2: And it's not the only reason Miami's where they are. Uh but I have to imagine it would be controversial within the industry, or uh, you know, there will be people who will be thrilled and there will be people that are uh, not thrilled that a team like Miami that went out and got two or three of the top transfers on the board with big NIL deals, well-publicized big NIL deals, uh, they're, they're able to turn that into a national championship just one year later because I think it would send the message to a lot of places that you can build a national champion in college basketball that way.
3: Yeah, and and you know, just I mean, you know, I didn't want to draw as much buzz, but I mean, right now in baseball, LSU is is clearly the number one team in the country, and that's what they did. Now they already had a good roster before that, mm-hmm. but they've gone out and got maybe the number one overall draft pick from Air Force. They've added a, the the national freshman of the year. They've added a couple of players from Vandy along the way. Van, LSU went and did it in baseball, and and we've seen some other schools. It's it's shown up. I mean. um yeah, you know, that's, that's, unfortunately, that's part of it right now. That's what we're going to see moving forward. But you're right. It's going to, it's going to draw a much bigger audience if it happens in basketball and, and a team that has never done it before, all of a sudden, you know, they win a national championship. Uh, you know, think in small part. And a lot of these players have been there for a few years and they've made a run, but, um, you know, no question that, that you, you got to think that NIL would have pushed them over the top.
1: Talking with Jason Caldwell from AUtigers.com. Inside the Auburn Tigers, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll uh, talk some football when we come back. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive.
0: Continues, continues, continues. The Drive, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck, on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into the drive. Twenty, uh, 24 minutes away from five o'clock. We've got Jason Caldwell with us for a few more minutes. Definitely want to get to football as Auburn is in week four of spring practice and, uh, some interesting things this week, Jason, Monday, when we uh, had some time with Hugh Freeze and he was asked about quarterbacks, he said, Holden Garner, I, I checked with Kirk, Kirk Sampson just to make sure on the pronunciation after, after, uh, uh Hugh surprised us a little bit but he said that Holden stood out in practice this past week and then when we when we went out to the uh, practice field Holden was running with the one. so obviously he had a good week of practice
3: he did and then i, I think you know a big part of it is too is you know i talked I talked to Robbie Ashford a little bit last week and he said you know he had a shoulder issue and, and so it opened up the door um for holding to get more reps with the ones and twos and and get some of those those are vital those are really important for mm-hmm. quarterbacks and he was able to do some of those things he took advantage of it and so now you look at it and you know, Robbie back on the field he you know Hugh Freeze said and I was told the same thing said last Monday was the best practice he's had and I talked to folks and said they thought it was the best practice he's had since he's been at Auburn uh, but then you know was we not able to really cut it loose for a couple of days so you know. What's it look like this week? How is he able to respond? I think you look at it from a quarterback standpoint, and uh, you know this is absolutely a, a you know you just talked about a battle that's going to go well into August. That's what we've been talking about you know since the beginning. Going look, this isn't going to be a competition. that's going to be over with this spring. Um, but Holden Garner has, has has thrown his hat into the ring. I don't think there's any question about it.
1: Other uh, thing I, I thought was interesting is we got um, uh, some. A uh, sort of a, a stamp of approval agreement from, uh, from from Ron Roberts as to one of the things that the Coach Freeze had said, and, and that's that they're pleased with the play of their linebackers.
3: Yeah, I think the group, uh, you know, bringing off the keys in has been a huge boost. I don't think there's any question. We may look back on that one and say that might be the most important addition they've made. Obviously, the line, offensive line they had to have, mm-hmm. uh, really even to survive at this point, but Austin Keyes is the guy you look at him in that true middle linebacker spot, uh, 240 pounds. Uh, Wes Steiner it's shown improvement. I think the defense is keen. I think for these guys, it seems to me it feels like it's more natural to them, even though they've been asked to be more vocal and do some of those things. You listen to the linebackers, and I think they're enjoying it. And that that's a huge – that's a big deal. Um, uh, you know, the thing that's going to be interesting to me is is – do they look at, you know, because the linebackers in this defense are going to be asked to do a lot more things. And, it's, and one of those things is going to be, they're going to be asked to, to create more pressure to, on the quarterback. Cam Riley's the guy that can do that. Powell Gordon's the guy that can do that. Uh, we've seen Robert Woodard step up as more of a true middle linebacker. How they mix and match these guys within the defense is going to be really interesting. And, and of course they're just you know, 10, 11 days into it right now. Um, But as they continue to develop into the fall, uh, I think there's some possibilities for those guys at that position.
2: Any names you keep hearing? Any any names that uh, that the players and coaches and insiders have shouted out as as folks who have improved their position in the last couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, Robert Woodard is one. I I continue to hear that the four star linebacker from Mobile, who was who was with Alabama for a long time, had that knee injury. It really hampered him even into last fall. He's had now a full off season to, to work out to get stronger. And I think he is, he's happy and really excited about, you know, kind of being able to, on the field and, and getting in the mix. And so Robert Williams has been a guy that they would continue to hear a lot about this. Avery Jones is another one. I'm hearing Avery Jones, and they thought he was a guy that was going to be really good. And I think, I think they feel like the center has been even better than they thought he was going to be. And that's good news for Auburn when you think about kind of the possibilities of him and, and, and what he brings to that position, I think that's a big deal to to get a guy like that into the mix.
1: And today, uh, didn't get a chance to get over there today for the uh, for the players: demari Austin, Cam Brown, and Cam Riley, Camden Brown, and Cam Riley, uh, and Camden Brown at at a position that uh, that that Hugh Freeze has has spoken about needing to step up. And then I think Heather Denich's tweet yesterday really really got, uh, um, you know, it, it spread all over the place, and, and, of course, through the complex. What did uh, what did Camden have to say today about the receivers?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I think the, the biggest thing was just kind of reiterating, you know, Hugh Freeze and that message about flipping the script. Uh, I think that was the big thing for them, you know, changing the narrative about the wide receiver group. That's, uh, that's goal number one for them. That's what they want to do, and, you know, so I think for them, it's about, hey, you hear all that outside noise, we want to prove them wrong. And so, um, I don't think there's any question that they feel like, hey, that everybody is, is down on us. And, and, you know, some of that is, is deserved, but a lot of that comes from, you know, playing in an offense that heck, for, for much of last season, um, the only time they tried to throw the ball was on third and long. And, and that's what they should have done. That was the right thing to do because it gave them a chance to win there late in the season. But, you know, they didn't have much of a chance to be, to be successful in that offense last year. And so I think now for them, they're in an offensive scheme. And, and one of the things that jumped out to me today was they're back in tempo. They're back doing what most of these kids have grown up doing. You know, Cannon Brown said at St. Thomas Aquinas, this is more like the offense that he played in. He, he'd never been in the huddle before until last year. So for these guys, this is this is comfort zone. Now it's just getting used to that RPO game and, and all the things they've been asked to do.
2: Any of the uh, new arrivals uh, consistently uh, catching attention? I remember Zion shouted out Austin Keyes, whose name came up yesterday uh, when talking uh, with uh, Ron Roberts. And uh, Rivaldo keeps, uh, keep, keeps getting name-checked as well.
3: Yeah, those guys, Keldrick Falk's probably been mentioned as yeah. much as anybody. I think, you know, at a position of a big need. Um, Brent Williams, too, from Opelika, is a guy right. that I think done some good things, too. But Keldrick is the guy... Saw your Cam Riley today and goes Look, that guy's just huge and and that's the thing I think that has probably jumped out to some of these guys is that you see a guy and he's six six two seventy and he steps out there and he's athletic and can move and is starting to click a little bit early on um, yeah I think mean, he's one of those guys and then uh, Connor lose the other one you mentioned about a guy Connor lose a guy that they thought was going to be a guy that could could be an all SEC type guy um, still got to get a little bit bigger but he's a guy that they feel like they absolutely hit a home run on. That's what Hugh Freeze said yesterday. So when you think about offensive line um, and edge rusher and, and doing some of those things, they feel like they got some pretty immediate help with a couple of guys especially.
1: Jason, it, it seemed like today was going to be a pretty big day, a physical day as as practice starts to wind down and they get ready for A-Day next week. I mean, what what are the things that, that you feel that you've gotten to feel that they have accomplished and uh, maybe maybe what they what they want to try to get done here in the next few days.
3: Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's like I said, being physical. I think understanding um you know, just the basics of the offense defense. I think that's the key. We talked to Philip Montgomery yesterday and he said, Look, we just we just want to make sure we're good at, at, at what we're doing and that's it. And so we don't wanna be he said, you know, that old line he said we don't want to be the, the jack of all trades, the master of none. And that's the thing I think they're focusing on now is to, to polish, to finish it up, and to make sure they have a good solid foundation coming out of the spring. I think that's the biggest goal for them right now.
1: Jason, we really uh, appreciate you spending a little bit of time with well, us. Let everybody know, I mean, there's so much going on right now. I mean, not just football, recruiting big-time players. Man, continue to come in and come back uh, to campus. That's that's something else um, that... that You know, I was asked this this morning and, uh, you know, Wimp Wimp Sanderson said he's hearing, uh, and he has a feeling that Auburn's recruiting is going to be a little better in 2024 than some people might have thought. And I couldn't agree more.
3: Yeah, it's not, uh, I mean, it's going to be, light years different. You know, I don't know that it's going to be, you know, number three class in the country, but I I think they're going to be in a position to be a, a potential top 10 class. And and you start doing that, you, you then you start putting yourself in a position then to to challenge. If you stack a few of those, year on to year on. But yeah, you, you know, mentioned guys coming back. i Cam Coleman's back today, uh, wide receiver from Central Phoenix City that was just bumped up to five star. The guy that Auburn has made a priority. And you know, you look at him and there's a couple of five star guys on campus today that have already been here once. So this is a return mm-hmm. visit. to five star wide receivers. So. Um, yeah, they're doing what they have to do, and, and that's it. that is get in the conversation and give yourself a chance, and they've done that.
1: Jason, let everybody know how they can keep up with all the all the information. I mean, there's so much with the portal and uh, uh, football recruiting and A-Day and baseball and, I mean, just just so many different things.
3: Yeah, well, you're right. They've got a ton going on. You can check it out at uh, albinoundercover.com, uh, com as well, and, and also follow me on Twitter at Jason.
1: That's great. Thanks again, Jason. Have a great week.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jason
1: Caldwell joining us, as he does on Wednesdays. And uh, we will open up the phone lines when we come back. want to remind you, we've got Justin Kirby, Tiger Takes, coming up this afternoon at 5.30. But until then, the phone lines are wide open. The Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390.
0: Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. <laughs>
1: Final segment of hour number one here on this Wednesday. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell joining us. And uh if you missed any of it, you can check it out on the podcast. That's right.
2: Podcasts of the Drive are available however you listen to podcasts. Go to... ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net or just use your favorite podcasting platform. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. It's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek and everybody else at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. All the great work they do. Absolutely. Uh, wanted to get back.
1: We we didn't really get into it that much. We sort of just hinted at it with with, uh, Jason. But, I mean, a lot. There's a lot of rumbling out there. Um, about the about the transfer portal yeah. and about Auburn uh, and, and the Auburn players and that Johan Traor and, and Chance Westry, who we talked about yesterday going into the portal. A um, lot of rumbling and quite a bit coming from Oxford as uh, I think Ole Miss fans feel like there is a um, better than decent chance that Chris Beard... Could add Wes Flanagan to his staff and you go, Well, he's an Auburn grad uh, and he's been at Auburn. But he Former also Chris Beard assistant. He was back, he back was, at Little Rock. He was Chris Beard's top assistant at Little Rock, and took over as head coach yeah. at Little Rock when Chris Beard moved on. Back
2: when Little Rock was in the Sun Belt, that, that was, is uh, you know, that is right. L- L- Little Rock has switched leagues, and since and then they went to the they, they won tournament games with yep. 30 something win season with uh, Chris mm-hmm. Beard at Little Rock. Uh, Wes Flanagan was on the staff uh, for that one, he and was his top recruiter. Top recruiter wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Wes Flanagan as uh, what is it assistant head coach or associate mm-hmm. you know the, associate the, head coach so, associate is usually coach, the you know. Would, the, the second in command or something for and, Chris Beard there and
1: and you wonder you wonder if that means you know might Allen go to Ole Miss but what uh, West Flanagan had more than a little to do with the recruitment of Yoan Treor and Chance Fitzgerald and Street Allen well. and <laughs> Allen
2: has a year of eligibility remaining. He if he wanted to spend it helping his dad turn around Ole Miss if both of them ended up in Oxford uh, <coughs> you know I, I think you you'd understand uh, why you know he'd he'd want to he'd want to be part of something like that especially if if another solid season of college basketball would help his. Uh, pro prospects i mean there there are there are players with eligibility remaining for auburn who have decisions to make about what they want to do uh not just with the rest of their college basketball careers but if they want to uh, end their college basketball careers and and begin uh the uh, the journey as professionals uh but for johan and uh and chance i mean seeing them seeing them end up together Somewhere else wouldn't be wouldn't be all that. I mean, no. wouldn't be all that shocking. I don't know how close they are as you know as as friends or anything like that. But if it's you know if they have the chance to stay in the SEC and uh, play for a, a team that has playing time to offer them after the season, Ole Miss just had. I mean, we'll see who else Chris Beard brings in. Oh, that that's true. Yohan could
1: could know an awful lot about the SEC West. Remember, he was committed to LSU. Before he, was. He, before he came to Auburn. So, uh, so yeah, just just keep an eye on that. That that could be interesting. And we talked about some of the guys that Auburn has been recruiting. Uh, Denver Jones seems to be the the name that uh, both Auburn and Alabama. This may come down to an Auburn Alabama battle for the uh, for the young man from the Huntsville area. I believe he's from Newmarket, um, but uh, yeah, Auburn Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is uh are are the are the main schools that he's about to
2: start visiting and i believe he's visiting Auburn 8 day weekend. I noticed Florida's name in a lot <laughs> of these uh, a lot of these lists too. I mean they're they're very clearly Todd Golden i think has right. learned from uh, from from some of the coaches including Bruce Pearl uh, where where he worked before uh, getting this Florida job in like that that's that's how the game is played if you're a top oh, level yeah. SEC program now is you retain what you can retain. Uh, that can help you. If you have a project or two on the roster that you want to keep developing uh, and you've got room for them, that's one thing. But it's it's about trying to bring in as many big fish as possible to your roster, whether it's in the portal or, or from the high school ranks. And Florida is out there trying to land the same... Impact players as a lot of these other SEC programs. Eric Musselman has had tremendous success bringing <coughs> in transfers. John, oh yeah, John Calipari has mm-hmm. brought in guys who have been starters and and, and productive multi year players for for Kentucky. Yeah, Oscar sheebway has been worked out pretty well. Oscar Shebway's worked out okay. your' Wheeler started yeah. a lot of games. Uh, Jacob Jacob Toppin was a was a mm-hmm. transfer as well for for just this Kentucky team. Uh, you look and LSU's entire roster. Right, are pretty much guys right. that, that transferred in. Missouri has a ton of group of five mid major transfers they're in on, and Alabama. Let's not forget. Oh yeah, Nate Oates has shown an ability to go into the portal and get players that can help him as well. And they add one today, uh, Jaquan
1: Walton, yep. who's who's from Montgomery originally, played at Carver, uh, and started his career at Georgia. Uh, is uh, has announced that uh, he's transferring in. He's a six seven. He's he's a six seven uh, wing who shot nearly 40% of his three, hit nearly 40% of his threes this year. So they they have a replacement for their their loss in the portal yesterday already. All right, we're halfway done here on the Wednesday Drive. Love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, hour number two coming up.
0: J-O-Y ESPN 1067 WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Big night tonight in Phoenix after missing the last 10 games with a left ankle sprain. Kevin Durant said to return and make his son's home debut tonight against the Timberwolves. 10 Eastern on ESPN TV. It'll be just his fourth game with Phoenix. Looking ahead to the playoffs, the key for the Suns is not how few games Katie's played for them. It's Chris Paul believes ESPN's Nick Friedell Is he, through a postseason run, going to be able to produce night after night? When you're playing with Kevin Durant and you're playing with Devin Booker, you can create space for other guys. But in my mind, when you watch the Suns team, the focus shouldn't be so much on Durant over the next few weeks. It's how Paul looks and can he push them over the edge in the postseason. Minnesota's listing Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns probable tonight. Grizzlies' leading scorer, John Morant, expected to return from a thigh issue tonight against the Clippers. ESPN's Pete Thamel reports VCU's Mike Rhodes has agreed to become the next men's basketball coach at Penn State. Utah Valley's Mark Madsen, the former Stanford star and NBA veteran, will be the next head coach at Cal. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. Welcome into
1: hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on another nice-looking spring afternoon. Uh, Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew here in the studio, and we'd love for you to join in. We'll let you know how here momentarily after we let you know that hour number two of the Drive is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Now, to the uh, getting through to us, we'd love for you to join in. The Kia of Auburn Hotline, up and operating Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is
2: 334 321-1390. 321-1390. 1, you can also text the show, three three four five six four eighteen forty 564 1840 on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts.
1: Yes, anything you want to talk about sports-wise, an hour number one, Jason Caldwell of autigers.com, and inside the Auburn Tigers joined us. We talked a little football basketball and baseball auburn 14-1 winners last night run ruling north alabama in baseball they get ready to head down to gainesville florida to take on the second ranked florida gators oh the top two teams in the country by the way are sec teams as the top 25 is always filled with sec schools but lsu won florida two and uh um as a matter of fact, Butch Thompson will meet with the media tomorrow to discuss that. We're, you know, wondering and we'll find out hopefully tomorrow what the rotation is going to be for Auburn this weekend. But the Tigers getting healthy as far as the um the,
2: the, the starting eight, the other the other players. Just a lot of pressure on Auburn's pitchers. You know, there there was already mm-hmm. some before the news about Joseph Gonzalez, but now I mean you feel like Auburn is hanging in there as an offense and can can swing the bats, a team like Florida is so well-rounded. And what tends to separate the best teams in college baseball from everyone else, I mean, not, I mean, offense is a big part of it, but the, the teams at the very top have several options they feel great about as starting pitchers. And Florida, I mean, if, if Auburn can, I mean, you'd love to win the series, obviously, but avoiding the sweep is going to be crucial. Auburn's got to find a way to steal one of these games, or else they'll be looking at... A similar situation, to the one we were talking about, going out of the Georgia series. Now, you, you don't, you don't want, you, you want to be able to see the sun, right? You don't want to be buried so deep. No, in the well, standings. you
1: you've got, you've got Ole Miss and Mississippi State that are zero yeah. six right now in conference play. Auburn's two and four. If they can, I mean, Georgia's one and five. You, you'd, yeah, you you would love to to win the series, but the your first objective is to get a win is to not be swept uh, because things aren't. They appear to be a little more manageable after that. So, um, so, I mean, you've got to try to get salvage one win here in the series. Auburn's got the bats to do it. We'll talk to Justin Kirby at the bottom of the hour um, about the series this weekend. Speaking of baseball, opening day tomorrow. Yeah, majors. How, how about and that? And for the, the first time I can remember
2: all 30 teams playing on opening day. That's right, baseball all day long. One of the cooler uh one of the one of the cooler days on the uh, on the sports calendar is uh, you get a lot of the top pitchers in action as uh, you know ma- making their debuts with the uh, with their respective teams and yeah, look looking forward to it, Braves and the Nationals. That's... Braves I mean, and that's short, about what they are. They're nasty.
1: I mean, they might be of, pesky, but uh, they, they're, they're nothing that's going to bother you. Well, it's a,
2: a team that, that I think since the since the World Series and, and certainly since the year following the World Series, when things started to come apart. At the seams a little bit, you know that that's a team that's been focused on the future. They're for sale. Oh yeah, they're, they're stars for sale all right fled now. quickly, right? Well, they kept Strasburg. But, yeah, they did. But he's, and they still have him they, yeah, on the injured list, pay,
1: where he always
2: is. paying him a ton of money to you know as, as he as he you know heals up. Uh, they kept Patrick Corbin. They're paying him quite a bit of money as well. But the the guys they chose didn't work out, and the guys no. they and the guys they decided not to go with are you know. Uh, Bryce and Rendon, who hasn't been great as as an angel. No, he hasn't. A, he hasn't been able to be healthy. He's had a good spring? Trey though. Turner, you know, Trey Turner yeah, right. formerly was uh, was one of them. Scherzer, no kidding. You know, man. Some some guys I mean, what, they what, what,
1: yeah that was
2: good, a, that was a good lineup. Some guys they had back in. the uh, uh, – Josh Bell uh, was there was was there fairly recently. So the mm-hmm. Nationals had some some intriguing pieces, but now you know it. But but the Braves. The
1: Braves lineup is as dangerous as any. The uh, to me, the only question about the Braves is uh, the h- how many innings are they going to be able to get out of their starters? Because they look like even without Rysel Iglesias, uh, I believe they have a good bullpen. But they, you don't want to go to it too early. You know, we were just talking with Jason last hour about you know how baseball has changed, and now all you want is six innings out of your starters. The Braves. Need to get that. And they've got a couple of rookies in there to get things started this season while they try to get other people healthy and back.
2: I- I want to see if somebody in the National League overachieves because you've got the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, Padres, the Padres and the Dodgers who yeah. look like they are clearly yeah, better. You, well, a, a loaded East and
1: a pretty, a pretty good you right. know, and, top two in the West. And the, for Bre- sure.
2: the Brewers and the Cardinals have Cardinals. talent. Cardinals
1: should be the best team in the Central. The,
2: the Brewers and the Cardinals have talent. The Cubs have brought in some interesting pieces, mm-hmm. but they still probably, but, but I would say there's there's five, there's some distance between whoever you have is five and whoever you have is six. I Agree. In the uh, in the National League, I, I'm curious to see if anyone. I think anyone... the
1: Cardinals are a team that could get there. It just depends on is Jack Flaherty, Jack Flaherty again.
2: Well, how about how about the Giants who we've seen? You know, f- the find Giants have to... been
1: for years. They're the team that nobody expects to do anything, and they usually are better than that.
2: I mean, that team two years ago that yeah. just I mean just didn't make it didn't make sense how they were able to. Uh, to to no, put together it, and a it team, still does it. Yeah, one, <laughs> what, one hundred and five games or right. whatever that, that Giants giant stayed right team. there with the
1: Dodgers, right there with the Dodgers, with all year long. Yeah, it
2: just didn't really seem to make sense. So we'll see if somebody overachieves. You know, there's a couple candidates. Florida's got pitching. Um, you know, Miami, not Florida, but they, the, the Marlins, have some some pitching options that could keep them uh, pesky uh, throughout. But that division's just so loaded. But yeah, I, I think uh, who, right now. If you had to put your chips on a team to be the NL the NL pennant winner, who, who you got as the, the as the, the last team standing in the league, or best best regular season record, you can pick either. You know, either. Yeah, that be. sometimes
1: that can sometimes that can be different. Um, maybe the Braves. I mean, it, it depends. But again, it depends. Do so they get Soroka and Kyle Wright back, or are either Schuster or Dodd really good? Is Charlie Morton, um, you know, at, at what is he thirty seven now? Is he still? Uh, as good as he was a couple of years ago, he wasn't quite that
2: last year. I just love that the Padres are going for it, right? Oh, I, they just, I just definitely love are. that they're going they for it, and are. I hope it pays off because I don't want I don't want the owners that don't like to spend to be able to point to the Padres and say, "See, you know, this is why you need to keep." Uh, your 72-win your nucleus together for an extended period of time and never sign any free agents or never well, trade anybody. are you money. talking about the Rockies? Well, there's a bunch of teams yeah. you can say that about, but I mean, sure. that's generally Co- the I mean, Rockies. That, that, that's Colorado, Rockies. sure, but I mean, that's... Oh,
1: well, they going to sign older free agents. Yeah. That's pretty much what they do.
2: Well, well into spring training. Yeah. But, but no, but, but like the... Um, I, you know what, I tell you, a team, and, and I'd really... Love, I'd love to see San Diego th- win a bunch th- th- of games. This hurts
1: me it. Um, to, to, to say this, but... Um, The team that ended up playing in the series last year, if they can make it, if they can make it to, and and if Bryce is back with them by June, and they're not, they appeared buried. They appeared absolutely buried last year, heading to the All Star break. They've got really good. I think they've got really good starting pitching. They've got a very deep bullpen. They've got a pretty good lineup right now without Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. Well, they added Trey Turner. Yeah, I know. You know. that went, helps. Out, went out and that helps Trey an Turner. awful
2: lot. And went out and gave Trey Turner three hundred million dollars, and so that would that would help. And JT Realmuto is still there as well. I Kyle Schwarz, Kyle is still there in the middle of the, bull, the middle of the lineup. So no, Philly, you're absolutely right. I would say Philly's in that like they're they got Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler at the top. And they've got a deep, deep bullpen. Well, any any of those five, I think you know, if, if they had a really special season, and I'll had tell you guys, because uh, I mean, the Dodgers and the Mets, who we didn't really talk about too much, are also right there. As I mean, there's a, a, a guy who who
1: had a, a mediocre talent. for him year last year. What if Nick Castellanos goes sure. back to being what he was yeah. a couple of years ago? Right. I mean, also they're in Philly, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've they've
2: got some guys. Certainly,
1: no. That, that's I a, mean, the East is going to be the East is going to be. Wild. It's but, not. I mean, the West is wild, but I mean, the East is going to be just
2: crazy. If somebody's in that mix with the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Dodgers, and the Padres, because I, I feel like those are you know, there's there's distance between those five and everybody else. I still think the Cardinals can if, be. If it, somebody it jumps depends. in,
1: yeah. is Adam Wainwright still you know, and what is he around forty yeah. now? He's got to be around forty. But I mean, it's Jack Flaherty and and Wainwright. They added Wilson Contreras. I mean, yes, they don't they don't have. You know the the legend anymore behind the plate, but uh, the, the cards have got some. The cards have got some talent too, and they've got a guy who
2: everybody thinks is going to be the top rookie in the National League in Jordan Walker. I, I mean, it just the, the Giants are pesky. Like that's a, that's a team to me where it'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, and you know what? People, a lot of people like Arizona. A lot of people a lot of people think Arizona's a team that could contend for a playoff spot. They've put some pieces together. They've added some young player people like Corbin Carroll, your guy, your guy Jake,
1: better be able to close. Jake McCarthy,
2: uh, and Corbin Carroll have been, you know, buzzy sort of young players. I know, players. I know, but those are
1: those are unproven guys. Yeah. I mean, Alec Thomas was pretty good last year as a rookie. Christian too, Walker
2: still there in the middle yeah. of the lineup. There. So I mean, that's 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 a that's team that's just that,
1: a tough division to expect to be able to to do much, but, but
2: that's that's one of the teams that people think. You know, who else could be in the what's sixteen postseason now? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's uh, there's there's different uh, different options out there, and I'm, I want I want to say National League looks to be uh, a lot of fun this year, especially. And if the you're...
1: American League East is always crazy too.
2: Now there are a couple of National League teams that are uh, that are already mathematically eliminated, right? Uh, pretty much so. Pirates I mean, and the Reds. Yeah, the the Marlins and the Rockies. You know, I, the 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 Marlins are the one because of their pitching. That I would think. They've
1: got great young pitching, which yeah. they'll give to somebody else. Isn't
2: it what? It's once every, once every decade and a half or so, there's a Marlins team that has something. I mean, it was yeah. 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> it was the last one. Uh, but, but so that, that's the, the one reason I'm not sure about the, the Marlins being on that list is because of their pitching. But no, I would say the Reds, the Pirates, the Colorado look look to be some distance behind. Oh, Yeah. Everyone else. in Still in that building or slash rebuilding phase. Washington, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Colorado. Like our, our four teams that look to be... I think the Reds may be better than
1: some people think. That? I think that? I think the Reds' rotation has got a chance to be pretty scary. It reminds me sort of of the Marlins with, with Hunter Green, uh, Nick Lodolo, and, and Graham Ashcraft. That's three guys that really... Uh, have excellent stuff. They, they didn't hit the ball too well last year, though. Which no, is something didn't. you think, you know, no, with the didn't. Reds in, in that band box, yeah, you would expect them to. Uh, oh boy!
2: Like a, that's like when when Colorado or Cincinnati do not have a good offensive team.
1: Usually, it's like, oh yeah, you want you want uh, you want Rockies and Reds hitters, yeah. because when, of the ballpark. And when
2: those lineups aren't good, yeah, no. it's it's going to be a troubling season because they're not going to get bailed out by their pitching. No, um, that's 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 where.
1: But, uh, but 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 to, to the American League, um, I mean. The the Yankees are the favorites. The
2: Rays are probably the second favorite. You're Going to go see the Rays in person on Saturday. Oh, is that look, right? Look, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Rays and the Tigers, uh, which which will be fun because I I saw Miguel Cabrera play when he was a a Marlin when he was literally a teenager, and mm-hmm. so now I'll get, he wasn't a great now now I get to see yeah I'll get to see Miguel Cabrera in person uh, so, you know, two decades later. I I saw a year.
1: note about him. Uh, what was what was the thing that that uh, that, that MLB had had little notes about each team. Um he's a hit shy of uh moving up one more notch, one more hit and he ties Ichiro. Oh wow. For uh 23rd
2: all-time. Now keep in mind with Ichiro though, that's just in Major League Baseball, right? Those would be just Ichiro's hits. That's right. That league is league just in Major League. Well, how about he this? Arrived. If if he has
1: as many hits as he did last year, He'll pass Cal Ripken Jr. now. That's now
2: now passing Cal Ripken yeah. career-wise yes. for just about any yeah. statistic is is pretty impressive. And Miguel Cabrera, I mean, what a career he's had. And yeah, looking forward to getting to see him. At uh, I don't get to see Casey Mize still still working right. still working through an elbow injury. It seems like we we might get Casey back this season at some point in Detroit. Uh, but uh, you know, Auburn has since we're talking Major League Baseball anyway. Auburn does have a couple of guys that were recently Auburn Tigers that could be factoring in. Uh, Edouard Julian is in... Uh, oh, man, he's one of
1: the top prospects in baseball with the Twins. Yeah, he's really hit the ball well, and they've moved and him... Has, and he has a great eye. He they, walks... They've uh, moved him to
2: second base. Uh, that, that's almost uh, exclusively where mm-hmm. he works now, so they think he's going to be a middle infielder, which could help, too, because when you hit the ball like that as, as a middle infielder, it could speed up uh, your, uh, your arrival. And, uh, and, th- and there, are, there are a couple others. Auburn Baseball's social media actually put out a... Uh, uh, a, a graphic about some some guys that could be called up to the majors soon from Auburn baseball. So, well, I saw that um,
1: today. Uh, golly, who's he with now? Trey Wingeter was called up, um, or was was announced that he made um, the team today. And I don't remember who he. I don't remember who he's with now. Is it the Tigers? Is he with the Tigers? Was Maybe? that
2: right? I, is, I, I didn't see the. News. I'm, th- that- I'm
1: thinking he is. Uh, the big the I mean the big six seven side armor that was with the Padres for a while. Uh yeah, he he's had some so, arm problems. I'm pretty sure he's with the Tigers.
2: So guys that are um now, now I don't know if this is Major League Baseball's top thirty overall or top thirty within different team systems. It might be the top thirty overall, but but uh Auburn, Auburn Baseball put out a an infographic yesterday uh Edward Julian is he is he a top, a top five overall prospect right now, or would he be a top five prospect within the Twins
1: organization? He's he's one of the he's one of the top second base prospects yeah. in all of baseball, so he's definitely one of the top five prospects with the Twins. Right, so I
2: am thinking he's the number four prospect. I am thinking team rate; right? it's it's within teams, but it's uh, so so. Julian's four with the uh, with with the Twins. Uh, Richard Fitz is one of the Yankees' uh, top ten prospects now. Mason Barnett is considered one of the top twenty prospects within the Royals organization Blake Burkhalter is mm-hmm. uh, the number 22 prospect within the Braves organization yeah I remember he got hurt just just before I mean right there at the beginning of camp Tanner uh, Tanner burns is uh, one of the top 25 prospects within Cleveland's organization and Ryan Watson is considered one of the top 25 prospects within the Orioles organization so six different Auburn players are considered uh, top 25 prospects within their team organizations right now and I would expect uh, Julian, especially, and maybe Mason, if uh, Kansas City goes into their system pretty early, uh, I could see in Major League Baseball uh, sooner rather than later uh, from the uh, f- from you know, re- among recent Auburn College players. Yeah, Ed- Edouard will he'll be he'll be in the show before too long. Um, and Mason, I remember throughout Mason Barnett's career, mm-hmm. hearing this is this is the kind of guy who could be, especially if, if he commits to being a reliever. At the at the major league level, this is a guy who could be in baseball very. He could be in the majors very soon. Teams could look at him as a one inning guy that could be right. uh, making an impact uh, quickly. And, and that sounds like uh, Kansas City uh, could be working him along because Mason was Mason was on the team not not all that long ago and could be uh, could could be pitching for the Kansas City Royals uh, before the end of the season. Well, you see those kinds of uh, you know those kinds
1: of moves for for guys that are that come from from this league. I mean, you get great we've talked about that well, Blake it, Blake Burkhalter too the competition nice. in the SEC prepares you for um you know for for much more advanced competition than uh, than, than than it used to or coming out of high school
2: and, and Blake will have uh, Tommy John And we'll miss the 2023 season, that that news uh, earlier this month. Right. All
1: right, we'll get to our first break here. Uh, We'd love for you to join in. I know we got off on a little baseball tangent, but we're excited about opening day tomorrow. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, speaking of baseball, though, Justin Kirby joins us at the bottom of the hour here on The
0: Drive. Now, more of The Drive the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
1: welcome back into the drive here on this wednesday afternoon bill and dan drew at the controls and uh yeah, let's see. We we touched on football a little bit. It'll it'll be really interesting the next time we get a chance to uh, to spend some time with, with Hugh Freeze and um, if we get to watch practice again. I'm eight, hoping we eight days just Monday. about what ten days away. Yeah, eight, 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 eight ten days out. It is eight day a week from Saturday, and and with that I believe today was going to be their their heavy scrimmaging type day, and as we said, it was uh, Holden Gurner running number one yesterday after Hugh Free said he'd stood out all week last week at practice. I wonder I, I I do wonder with the the news that Robbie Ashford nursing a sore shoulder, that's something that's that's not the first time either. I, I, I wonder if that's a recurring thing with, with Robbie Ashford and something you've got to be a little
2: concerned about. Well the other thing that would concern me there is that it it would not have presumably it didn't come from contact. <laughs> Right? No, like that's you're, right. You're probably thinking that Robbie Ashford's not not breaking a lot of tackles or, well, or putting his shoulder into a lot. Maybe of it. it's just because he's been throwing the ball
1: more than he's ever thrown it before.
2: But what, I mean, but it, it's a little bit more concerning, maybe, that this would be you know, know. it would it would be an injury that that could be either caused by or related to his throwing the football, which is mm-hmm. the, you know that that's.
1: And remember, I know they they you know there there had been uh, some attempts last year, and I don't know really haven't really. Uh, noticed him looking mechanically different, but, I mean, things like that, trying to, um, you know, work with him on accuracy. Um, I know that early this year when, when we went out to practice, they weren't having them lob the ball. I'm telling you, they were, they were throwing the ball. They wanted to see how quickly you could get the ball where it needed to get. And, uh, you know, you, you can do that, and you can, you can uh, get a sore arm, hopefully. He looked like he was throwing the ball well Monday. After Hugh Freeze said, you know, he didn't throw it all Wednesday, and they limited him on Friday, he looked like he had plenty of velocity on Monday. So, you know, hopefully, it's just a little something mid-middle of the spring practice, thrown a lot,
2: and and just needed to take a little bit of a break. You know, on, on one point on Robbie Ashford though is is that I think Hugh Freeze may, maybe because of the success Malik Willis had, I think people have this idea that Hugh Freeze is a coach that. Prioritizes prefers or uh, yeah. prioritizes having a quarterback who can run the football and he's had success sure with with quarterbacks that weren't huge threats to run and and teams you know he I mean he he likes the zone read and he'll run the zone read more with, absolutely with a, with a, with a likes quater- the zone read with a, with a quarterback that can run it effectively but if his quarterback can't run it effectively or can't run it uh, you know in in a way where the where the defense is worried about what the quarterback's going to do with his legs. If the quarterback can do other things well, Hugh Freeze has shown an ability to overcome that and still have an effective offense. I mean, he throws the ball a lot when he's got a quarterback that can throw the ball with accuracy, and he's been uh, he's he's been working to improve Auburn's pass catch- catching options since arriving on campus. He's, he went out and got uh, Rivaldo, who we we I would say of the of the incoming transfers of the guys of the newly arrived Auburn players. I mean, we, we've heard a lot about. Rivaldo, uh, on the you know from from coaches and players, yeah, not not the only one, not the only player. I would
1: I would say the offensive linemen are right now the the off Dylan Wade, Avery Jones. I mean Rivaldo, yes Brian Batty Batty. has gotten a lot of uh, has has gotten a lot of praise, but then the defensive linemen, man, Justin Rogers and Lawrence Johnson and Mosiah Kite and. Uh, and Elijah McAllister, man, those those guys um, have worked, and most of them are working. Uh, if they're not with the first unit, they're with that next one that comes in.
2: Yeah, you can see where, but but you, Jason, you see where the coaching staff has gone out and, and emphasized, oh, we need to add some players to the transfer this room portal. It looks like right now the transfer portal has really helped
1: Auburn because Jason brought up Austin Keys, and Austin Keys running number one at a linebacker, and having Ron Roberts and Hugh Freeze say. They're very pleased, and they feel linebacker is as deep and as solid as any position. Four, four players
2: got mentioned, right? A, a first two and a second two of the uh, And then of, he of the said he's got five.
1: He didn't mention who the fifth. He said when he was talking about having 25, he said we need six, and he feels like he's got five that he can count on right now. He right. didn't say the fifth, but he mentioned to Mario Tolan when he was asked about him and talked about how explosive he is and um, what a playmaker he can be so he actually mentioned
2: five right and, and he he was talking about uh, Wesley Steiner and Austin Keys as, and as the first as the first two and then Cam Riley and Robert Woodyard and Robert Woodyard as the second
1: unit and then talked about Demario Total and and how explosive he can be right
2: so i mean it, 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 that was a position that was under the gun going into the mm-hmm. offseason because auburn had lost its, you know, Owen Papo had played so much linebacker for Auburn uh, the the past two seasons, and, and he's he wasn't coming back, and, and Auburn was looking to to see, you know, whether from the portal or from their returning options, uh, who, who was going to step up. Sounds like a couple of linebackers have had strong camps. And and were, were you there when I asked Ron Roberts about uh, when
1: he when he was asked about the young linebackers? He was asked about Demario Tolan and Powell Gordon, and and then I were you there when I asked about Powell? I was there, yeah. Okay, because I I just said. Uh, have you guys thought about looking at Powell Gordon at the edge? And he went, we've thought about it. Thought about it, yeah. We've talked a little about it. He didn't say whether they've looked at it, but he did later say that Cam Riley uh, one day uh, got a look out there on the edge, and, Cam, and didn't like what they saw.
2: Cam Riley, somebody who physically, you know, one would think it makes some sense, you know, could could do it. Oh on, yeah, on, on the edge. if Auburn felt good about what they had mm-hmm. inside at linebacker. Cam Riley more than just about anybody else would have the uh, uh, the height and and sort of the you know the, the the prototypical size for the position. All right,
1: we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Tiger takes with Justin Kirby on the other side. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive.
0: Let's get back to the drive the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com welcome back
1: into the drive here on this wednesday afternoon Twenty, let's see, twenty six minutes away from six o'clock. I was uh, lo- trying to find the the little time thing there, and my 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 laptop messed up. Uh, welcome back in, everybody. It's time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment, brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back, or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. dot com. And we're pleased to be joined as we're in baseball season. We've talked a lot of baseball today, and we're gonna do it some more. With Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby, Justin, welcome in, man. How are you doing today?
4: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing fine. Uh, not, uh, get back on track in a big way last night against North Alabama. Jump all over them early. Win that one, 14 to one. After taking two out of three over the weekend against Georgia, so um, uh, hopefully everybody's everybody's feeling better mentally and and physically as you get ready to head down to Gainesville.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Last night was definitely a definitely a good time to get back on track. Um, but yeah, you said it. Uh, this past weekend took like two or three. Uh, you know, whatever what happened on Saturday is what happened. But it's hard to win a series in this league, and that's our main goal over everything. And we got that done. So, um, regardless of one inning on Saturday, we're taking a lot of momentum into or down into Gainesville.
1: Oh yeah, at least uh, that 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 one inning. Um, yeah. Um, made it made it a situation where you didn't where you didn't have one of those. Well, if just well, if there still were some things like that. I mean, things like that can happen, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the most important thing is that you is that you got the two wins and you won the series.
4: Absolutely, and I mean, credit to Georgia. We knew that they had a you know going into that series. They had one of the best offenses mm-hmm. numbers wise in the country. I mean, it was kind of just. Uh, Baseball is kind of a law of averages, honestly, and it was honestly they're almost kind of due just to uh, score a bunch of runs.
2: Yeah, t- take us back to the ninth inning on Thursday night because that was that oh, was yeah. a game we went into the Georgia series talking about how important it was for Auburn to uh, to, to dust themselves off and 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 you know and, and try to try to put the the opening weekend series behind them and you know trailing by three going into the ninth. You know, it. it I, I'd be interested to know, you know, how the how the dugout was feeling and and what you remember about the uh, you know about the way Auburn came back to win that game.
4: You know, I think that just I've said it time and time again. I mean, words really don't do it justice. But just like we don't play the scoreboard, we we know we're always in a in a game, no matter what uh, the situation is looking like. And you know, I vividly remember uh being in the outfield late in that game or being in the dugout just like just genuinely thinking we're not going to lose no matter what how many, like down into the last inning we were down to our last strike with nobody on down 3 and I'm just like well we're not going to lose so um I just think that there was kind of a there was kind of a collective belief in that dugout of that mindset and just kind of a refusal to we we were not going to be 0 and 4 in the SEC so um that's the really special thing about this team is I mean, like I said before, we were down to our last strike and made something out of nothing and um you know we're gonna play all twenty seven outs
1: yeah i mean and and for for those people that um either weren't there or uh didn't realize the details yet yeah, it's uh there's nobody on either i mean <laughs> two down
2: two down oh, when when Casey's when, when yeah, yeah. up yeah
1: two down bottom of the nine down, yeah. Uh, and that was unbelievable. Down, mm-hmm. th- yeah, down three. So, yeah. what an if unbelievable you, uh,
4: comeback! Yeah, if you did one of those kind of uh, you know those graphs that kind of they, uh, they chart the uh, like win expectancy, I think that I think the uh, the odds are most definitely not in our favor. Probably there's probably out a, of a, had to have been less than like a two percent chance we win that game down to our last strike with nobody on and down three.
2: Yeah, it, it's usually it's a low percentage uh, situation uh, for for sure. And and then uh, what in, the, in extras you had uh, Chris? Well, well, what Cooper gets the Cooper gets the base hit in his first mm-hmm. uh, plate appearance in in three weeks. And then and then uh, Chris and Carter uh, both draw walks. Carter's is is the game winner. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, th- that's a those those are big moments for for those guys.
4: Totally. Um. Yeah, Cooper. Uh. Man, it'd be great. Like, or it's going to be great. You know, getting him back into the lineup, uh, he didn't waste any time, uh, getting comfortable again. I think he, I mean, I'm trying to remember that it might have been like either the first or second pitch he saw. Uh, he deposited into right field and then, um, you know, I told, I told Chris, I think when we got back into the locker room after that win that there was like, hopefully that his, that was a huge at bat that he had. Getting walked and working that walk, and hopefully that didn't go unnoticed. Um, because you know, you put a freshman in a situation like that where uh, he didn't try to do too much, and he didn't really let the moment get bigger than him. And I mean, he just he took the balls, uh, he fouled off some pitches, but and then yeah, Carter coming up, and was, you could almost kind of feel him just willing the pitcher to throw him four straight balls. Uh, There were some pretty funny clips of you know when the camera zoomed in on him. Just I think he was totally blacked out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's good. We mentioned Cooper getting back. I mean, uh, Cole's been back for a few games now. You're you're starting to get more of the pieces back there uh, offensively. It it appeared that you know a couple of weeks ago uh, it was a situation where teams could sort of pitch around certain spots in the lineup but it's it's uh, it's going to be tougher and tougher to do that with all the pieces now back
4: yeah absolutely i mean when uh when everyone in this lineup is going and healthy i mean it's it's a tough lineup to pitch to there aren't there aren't a lot of holes and i mean you get it, it's a very dynamic offense a lot of different ways uh and i mean talk about bryson where kid's the best player in america um and then, oh, you don't want to pitch to Bryson? Well, then you have the best freshman. Yeah, you have the best freshman in America behind them. So it's a, uh, it's really cool to watch. And I mean, again, just a, uh, just talking about how we're never out of a game and go down early, go down late. We we know what we're capable of and how much skill and resiliency we have in that lineup and in that dugout.
1: Hey, you mentioned it, cuck. I want you to, to talk a little bit about the, the two guys you were just talking about. Bryson is a guy that last year really struggled, uh, down the stretch. I mean, he, he, uh, he's, he sort of lost, he lost his spot to Bobby there, moving back to the infield this year after he'd been in the outfield for a couple of years. There were a lot of folks wondering how much we'd see of him. And, and he has just been, uh, just fabulous. I mean, just continues mm-hmm. to just rake. And, uh, he, he's playing a pretty good third base as well.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh kind of indescribable, you know what he's doing, and you know every single game you just kind of expect him to do something crazy, like put up three hits or hit two more home runs and um and you know, I had heard about he kind of had a shaky season last year, obviously, I wasn't here, but um the the talk around uh the team kind of like in the fall was uh. You know, here's a guy who has all the talent in the world, mm-hmm. and um, you know, moving back into the infield, there's just a lot of question marks. And you know, if you could get him going, just the sky's the limit. And I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, phenomenal teammate, one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. Kids, the first one there every single day. Um, it is a pleasure to watch him just uh, work and have all of his hard work pay off. And uh, he's been an absolutely massive contribution, uh, to this team. And I mean, we're not even halfway. I'm excited to see just how he continues to develop throughout this year.
1: And and then, um, we mentioned Ike and he's unlike almost any freshman. It's been a long, long time, uh, since, since, uh, since we've seen a freshman step in and just, just, you know, step in it and be able to uh, to play as as if you know he 's he 's back in uh in in t ball or something i mean it it has mm-hmm. been it has been uh you know nothing for him to just step in and and wherever the ball's pitched he 's going to hit it and he 's going to hit it with authority
4: yeah exactly and i mean just getting a front row seat to that every single night it's unbelievable it's i swear it 's not that easy i don 't know how he <laughs> does these things and i know you know there's there's so many times where you know, if he goes down O two 2 in a certain at-bat and then just will take a whatever pitch that's five balls outside, just kind of flick it down the left field line, there goes a double. So many times I've seen that happen from the on-deck circle, and then I just look into the dugout or look into I- – I looked at Cooper last night because he did that exact same thing. I looked at him, and I was just kind of shrugged my shoulders like, I, I don't know anyone else who could do this. It's unbelievable. I mean – it's so funny because he kind of has just like a, you know, on the outside, I feel like the perceptions that he has a fairly like happy go lucky kind of just having fun, happy mm-hmm. to be there. But man, he is, he is far more calculated than I think anyone would ever think. And honestly, more calculated than like I would even give him credit for that kid. He knows what he's doing in every single at bat based on who's pitching the situation, what he's looking for. Um, it's crazy he's he's as a baseball player at least he's mature beyond his years
1: oh, there's no question about that, and I would say watching watching those guys ahead of you sure doesn 't hurt getting an idea of of what they 're doing and, and how it's working. Talk a little bit about i mean we didn't get a chance last time because we ran out of town we ran out of time. we were up against that uh, final break but uh, um, the the start you had this year is one of the one of the uh, most impressive but also one of the strangest things I've ever seen for your first six hits to leave the ballpark. And, and Mm -hmm. granted, I mean, you've got good power, but that's, that's not you're not known as an all or nothing kind of guy.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You know, I appreciate that. I I feel like that was honestly kind of getting to my head a little bit during that start was like uh, the amount of people who, who would tell me, you know, obviously in a joking matter, but like, Hey man, you know, you could, uh, you can't just hit a single, you can mix in a single, something like that, and like I'd laugh I'd laugh deep down I'm like, God, I know, I just wanna hit a single <laughs> Like like I swear I felt like uh you know, I made a joke that I was like the Adam Dunn of college baseball. I feel like every single plate appearance was a home run, a walk or a strikeout, and I'm just like I swear I'm like more of a baseball player than this. I don't really I mean I'll take the home runs, but I don't really know what's happening.
1: Well, you got the you got the average up over 270, and and moving in the direction you want now. And yeah, the, and those are the we'll, only we'll those fighting. are the only Not outcomes
2: yet. those are the only outcomes to an at bat that really matter. You know, what I mean? those are the only ones people are really <laughs> the only ones people are really uh, tracking track there. i uh, talking with Justin Kirby, Auburn outfielder, as part of Tiger Takes here on the uh, on the Wednesday edition show. Usually talk with him on Monday. We had some technical problems, so uh, he's been nice enough to uh, to make some time for us here on Wednesday. Got to play uh, a couple of home conference games for the first time uh, since joining the team. Justin, what'd you uh, what'd you think of the atmosphere at Plainsman Park this past weekend?
4: oh it was awesome i mean uh being able to have that sec atmosphere at home and uh you know there's something there's something nice about being able to sleep in your own bed and then wake up and go to the park and just have a lively atmosphere fans that are into the game and fans that you want to you know you want to win for uh you want to play well for uh it's really special and again i'm just I just can't say enough about how I'm looking forward just to continue this season.
2: Yeah, not not to look not to look past Florida in any way because it's a huge series this weekend against one of mm-hmm. the best teams in the country. We we just saw some news that uh, that next weekend uh, when A and M's in town should be a lot of fun. You got a day going on for the football team, and uh, we've uh, we, we now have it. I guess it's, yeah, the the official the, unveiling of the Frank uh, the Frank Thomas
1: statue is is mm-hmm. going to be there. I was talking about uh, freshman freshmen that were pretty good hitters. He was a pretty good hitter as a freshman uh, too. But but yeah, that that's going to be cool. Should be a great crowd. I mean, obviously you got to you got to take care of business this weekend, but uh, mm-hmm. it should be a lot of fun again
4: yeah and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that statue for myself too i've been a uh, you know I walk past that just that foundation every single day and i'm uh i'm ready, I'm ready to see what that thing's all about
1: <laughs> it's going to have to i mean the thing is Frank was Frank's not the smallest guy either? So no, I'm, I'm expecting an impressive, uh, an, express, uh, an impressive statue. Justin, really appreciate it. Uh, always look forward to uh, having an opportunity to uh, uh, talk with some of the guys, uh, especially as you get ready to go down to uh, to Gainesville for another big SEC weekend. Let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with with you on social media. Uh, so
4: I'm on Instagram uh, underscore Justin Kirby underscore and Twitter. At Jay Curbs 15, um, and yeah, just looking forward to a you know a really good weekend down in Gainesville. What an awesome opportunity to again, like you said, play one of the best teams in the country. And I think that you know, kind of just uh, using last night's win, just kind of as a not only as kind of a confidence booster, but more of kind of a teaching point that it doesn't matter who we're playing. It's just we, we're not playing the we're not playing the uniform on the team across from us. We have one brand of baseball and uh, take that into every single game we play. And win, lose or draw, we could walk away knowing that we did everything on our terms. So I think that that's just kind of the message, at least around the locker room heading into this weekend.
1: Yeah, just you guys just do what you do, man. Absolutely. Thanks a lot Justin. We'll talk to you again next week. Best of luck. Yeah.
4: Thank you so much and
1: talk to you guys later. Justin Kirby joining us? Yeah, he'll he'll be our weekly guest on Tiger Takes throughout the season and uh uh yeah, the big series for them down at number 2 Florida and I saw where, you know, Butch talking about, you know, um the confidence that that this, these guys should have. I mean, they have won. They have won at tough places, and they should expect to go in and, and play well. And if they, uh, they just do what they can do, they've got, they've got an opportunity every time they go out. We will get to our final break here this afternoon. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive.
0: Live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Wednesday Drive. Our thanks to uh, Justin Kirby joining us today. Uh, like you heard, I mean, he'll normally be with us on Mondays. We were having the uh, technical difficulties after the storm. We didn't have any phones that were working. So uh, so Justin joining us today as the Tigers with a day off today after last night's win and getting ready to head down to Gainesville. I would guess they will. Uh, they'll be heading out shortly
2: after Butch Thompson meets with the media tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing how the series goes this weekend. Next weekend's going to be a ton of fun with uh, A Day going on and the unveiling of the Frank Thomas statue uh, going on, you know, on, on that Saturday should be a a busy weekend. I'll tell you uh, funny here in Auburn.
1: I'll tell you a funny little story. I, w- I was uh doing the play-by-play um for Auburn baseball back in the back in the day when Frank was playing. Uh when he was and and there was there was a scout. Uh well, I I shouldn't say his name because he's baseball people will will know know who he is cuz it's not just oh joe schmoe who is this little uh okay. this guy that scouts but there was a scout there um and I probably shouldn't even say what team he was from because that might give it away as well. Um but there was a scout there that was that was uh uh watching and he didn't seem overly impressed with Frank. I mean Frank is hitting like 440 at the time. And I mean, he's pounding home runs. They're all going to right center though. I mean, that's the way he was. I mean, he was a guy with the, with the, with the best opposite field power that I'd ever seen. And that's what he said there along press row. He went, I don't think he can handle a major league fastball. He goes, cause he doesn't, he doesn't pull. And it's like, I wonder now, you know, with with Frank, you know, it's, Frank's been in the Hall for a little while. Uh, he made it okay. He made it okay with that. He he said bat may be a little slow. Well,
2: because Frank he always, yeah, pull. Frank Frank always struggled with the really with the really fast stuff. Yeah, that's why he
1: was like for the first ten years of his career, three hundred thirty hundred runs, hundred ribbies, every year. And
2: so yeah, ten ten a.m. Uh, the uh, time we mentioned it during the interview in the last segment. But yeah, Frank Thomas uh, the statue will be unveiled. 10 a.m. Uh, on, uh, on A Day Saturday. That's in, in front of, uh, in front of Plainsman Park. Uh, they've got the uh, they like like Justin said they got the foundation all set up they got it covered up and mm-hmm. then they will unveil the statue uh, shortly before uh, Auburn's spring game uh, against uh, well, well Auburn's Auburn spring game and the game that day uh, the baseball game against Texas A&M. yeah great to have great to have the uh, football baseball doubleheader
1: again I know sometimes coaches are like uh ah, that's too much going on but uh, I think it'll be great that's
2: also also Masters Saturday yes for, it is uh, for the golf fans we'll we'll talk. Next week, we'll get Jason Caldwell to talk some golf with us. Only had him for a brief period of time on the phone today. And had a lot going on. Uh, but I know folks always, one of, I, I know there are listeners out there. One of their favorite things we do all year is the Jason Caldwell Masters Breakdown. <laughs> and so we'll do that next Wednesday before uh, uh, before that, that tournament gets underway.
1: Right now, we're out of time, though, here on the Wednesday Drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell, who was with us an hour number one, Justin Kirby, uh, here with Tiger Takes an hour number 2 Dan have
2: a have a good uh, have a good trip Dan heading, right. heading down to Florida I'm back I'm back Tuesday uh, we're we're loading up uh you got some family things going yeah, on Yeah loading up some uh, you know some some property down there also going to going to